Wow, what an amazing, uh, what amazing way to celebrate St. Patrick locked in, uh, locked in doors, <laughs> not drunk. Uh, times have changed. Times have really changed. But you know, show must go on. This episode, just to break it down, I kind of I reel it in, give you some updates. Um, got was in the studio all weekend. Uh, the music is really coming along. Each time we go in, is better and better. But it's like. Man, if we went in five, six, seven, eight times, I feel like I don't even know what I feel. But they they just they're getting closer. The songs are getting really close to what is in my brain. And like that was the biggest challenge I found in the last little while making music is it just I know what I wanted, didn't know how to get there. And I guess like with these kind of rocky sounding songs, I'm finally able to like know what I want in my head. And make it happen at the studio, which is super exciting. They're not completely done. I have one more day at the end of the month. I have to go in and do... We didn't get them done, so I have to go in and do vocals and update some guitars. But I mean, as long as I don't fuck that up, they're they're like... They sound in my dome, uh, which is exciting. I also talk about love. I watched The Notebook for the first time last night. And, you know, if that movie doesn't make you think about love, I don't know what will. I talk about how it's kind of... It's kind of a similar, like... If love feels similar to me, or like the pursuit of love feels similar to me than as to like the pursuit of music as a career, just like aimless, lots of feeling involved, no real steps or guidance, and just sometimes you win, sometimes these people don't, and you just don't know why. Um, other than that, I reaffirm kind of my uh, my plan and uh, talk about how I'm going to make. I'm going to go from almost famous to famous. I don't know when, but fucking some point in the near future, baby. Anyway, enjoy. Let's get into it. And na 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 na. I'm almost famous. Chill out, mom. I'm doing it my own way. I'm almost famous. I'll freak off yet. I'll make my money someday. This will be more like um, more like an ASMR experience than a podcast. I find like if I want to wake up in the morning, I just I have no. Uh, my eyes are fucking bloodshot. My voice sounds like this. I just want to talk at a low volume. I don't. I don't know why I can't handle that. Like, there's no. It's it's either full volume or my voice sounds like it's coming out of a like a clarinet tube. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, yeah, but some uh, there's a reason there's a reason I'm quiet. It's because it's the morning, and I'm about to go to work at my other job, like my part time finance job. And the podcast yesterday, I like normally I'd like to do them not in the morning so I can make noise. But um, I watched the Notebook last night for the first time, and <laughs> yeah, so you get it out there if you've seen the Notebook. Just gotta watch it. You know, I I can't believe I I can't believe I've gone this long without seeing it. But I I feel like I I feel like I had seen it because I've seen so many clips. And I, I pretty much got the vibe of the story, but it was good to watch. 
kind of fired me up again as a man who's never really, you know, I'm, I'm so fo- like, uh, one of, one of the existential things that like really gets me is like the, the fact that I'm so focused on making myself better or like making myself or just like honestly figuring my life out. So it's sorted that I just don't really, I haven't really felt love like that Ryan Gosling notebook love yet. And like, it's almost, I think the movie kind of like sums it up properly. Like in the movie, he just, his character is just someone that like accepts exactly what like they have. Oh, I'm just a, I'm a, I think he works at a lumber yard and he's just like, I'll never be rich and I'll just never amount to anything but one thing, which is like, I'll make this nice house. I know it's like a movie, it's unrealistic, but I find that, I don't know, like in reality, yeah, like people, people that aren't so preoccupied with building something or making something or changing something in their life have like a little bit more room for uh I don't know. I don't know. It was cool. But uh, yeah, speaking of speaking of love, my buddy was telling me a funny story, but I guess um he he'd been going on some dates with a girl he met on I think like Tinder or Bumble one of the one of them. And I guess I guess this is kind of happening now, but uh, he he went on like five or six like walks, like kind of like I guess that's the social distance way to get to know someone because you can't go to a bar or a restaurant or whatever. So, and you don't really want to have someone over right away because it's like what? How do you take things to the next level if like they come over first date is at your place? But. I mean, I guess sometimes that's all there is to do, especially in the winter. But I guess they had gone on some walks. And like the fifth or sixth walk, they decide to, you know, have a real date, go back to the apartment. And I guess this girl, you know, after they were chilling for a bit, I guess this girl has like a make or break. Like she has a, I don't know why she waited this long to bring it up, but. She's basically like, what do, what do you vote for? Like, are you conservative or liberal? <laughs> and like, fucking my poor buddy, he's he's not conservative, but he's just not a cuck. Like, he he's he votes. He said he's he said he's voted for both in the past. That was his answer. Um, and when I say not a cuck, I mean like, not that liberals are cucks. Or conservatives are right. I mean, it's just that I don't think you should be either. I think you should vote for, I don't know, whatever, like whatever looks, whatever's looking promising at the time. I I, I couldn't possibly see a world where I wouldn't vote either. Um, And he said that, but he said it like a little bit less, even as like brash as I, I said it there. He was just like, oh, like... You know, I voted conservative in the past, but you know, I'm I'm definitely 
like li- pretty liberal and um you know down to down to like talk about whatever chat about whatever like i like talking about stuff and like that was like a make or break for her and like you said the date got like really weird like at that point it's like the fact that he wasn't like oh like like we gotta hit him with like a fuck donald trump and you know stephen harper is is a loser and like justin trudeau's daddy you gotta you gotta hit him with that stuff to get to get past that make or break i thought that was a little funny tidbit speaking about speaking about love but uh to, to bring it back to to the gosling like to the gosling thing I I am wondering, like, I know I'm not broken. I feel emotions. I feel like for girls. I feel f- regular, good old fashioned, like love for family and friends. Apathy, empathy. I got every emotion: anger, excitement, passion. You know, like I get every emotion in there. So this this idea that like love. Is not going to be one of them. Like, come on. I just, and and the, the idea I think that I'm blaming myself too is is silly. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, I know I, I watched that movie and like, it just, it seems so, so like soothing just to like not be such an active guider in your own life and just to accept <laughs> whatever bullshit you got going on and just be like, nope, I'm a logger. Nope. Do you want, do you want to like, is there anything, anything you strive to, to, to do? It's like, nah, <laughs> I just want to fix up this house and like marry the, the love of my life. And like, I just couldn't identify less with that. Like, I mean, I want that. I'm just saying in terms of where I sit, which is, we just uh, we just got out of the studio, did a couple more songs. We got a grant application back that we applied for in the middle of like peak COVID fuckery. It's like the big music grant that artists in, I don't know if it's Ontario or if it's Canada, can apply for. I think it's like 20 to 60 grand. And I mean, we barely miss the cutoff to get accepted it's out of a hundred i believe and we got an 80 percent and i think you need an 86 percent to make it and boy would that have been a good um a good little pick me up but uh yeah like be be like the other challenge in my life other than you know the fact that i'm just like I like to work, I'm working on myself and I'm hoping that my hope is just that like, if I work on myself enough, you know, I'll, I'll attract good quality partners. And I mean, so far I, I think I do. And they've all been like, um, I don't know, like, I I like I like they've all been like people that I've thought I've had that would have the potential to develop further feelings for and like it's usually just for whatever reason and it's probably like my my kind of career stage that they fizzle out before anything really develops um 
but uh, so like at least like going forward i i'm, I'm just hoping that that uh you know I work on myself and then you you become like a real desirable person not that i feel like i'm not already i'm just saying like i think people need to see it on the outside as much as you know i believe it on the inside and as much as people think they're not shallow or it's not shallow it's just like how can you see potential like it's everyone's got potential and i i, I was watching this thing the other day that, that just talks about how like this, i think it was they were complaining or like they were like bringing down women for like just picking the winners and and not um i don't know like not just just gambling on guys that are but so many guys are fucking losers and like i, I for all i know i could be one of those guys right so i i don't know it'd be it'd be so hard it'd be it'd be like looking at people that make music and guessing which ones are going to make it and stuff. And I guess love doesn't really depend on the career, but I mean, how do you like, do you just, yeah, fuck. I have no idea how love works. Do you just date like any career, any lifestyle, anything and then just, it's all personality, but like, fuck, I have no idea. I'm so excited to figure this shit out. Uh, getting older is not as daunting as, like, uh, you, you think you want to be young forever. You want to be, uh, yeah, I want to be healthy and fit. Like, I like, I like how, uh, like, able I am. But I, I don't miss, like, the, the not knowing things and, like, not experiencing things. Like, I, I love how much, like, the only thing I miss is, like, how reckless kind of it was. You could just, like, absolutely just could just make mistakes and, like, do stupid stuff. And it was funny. And now it's, like, I mean, you still can, but it... um there's like a bit more of a looming like, okay, like this would be fun and all if you just had your shit sorted, like you're, you're, it's got money in the bank and like music doing well. And yeah, then it's, then it's pretty jokes. Um, and I'd like to get back to that, but no, like I, I, I would love, I'd love to, I can't wait to figure out, like, I usually understand things eventually, like discipline and, and how to, how to actually change yourself. I finally feel like I get, you know, I get a lot through all my experience. I, I get a lot of about perspective and emotions and, you know, the self-talk in your head and stuff like that. And just, you know, feel good about everything I know there. And, um, it's like at some point in my life, I will figure out the answers to these questions and that's going to be exciting. You know, I'll have, I'll have, like a family and all this stuff in the future. That's just like super exciting. Uh, but in the meantime, instead of just like standing on the side of a highway with my thumb out, hoping that like I figure this, sh- like, oh, that person just, I stumble across. I'm like, why don't I just become the, the dopest person I can be? 
try to achieve exactly what I want. And then hopefully, like, I mean, the more I put myself out there, the more someone is going to see, like, just myself as what I, what I, what I am. Cause I just like slap it all out there and they'll be like, this is, that's exactly what I want in a person. And then, you know, otherwise if I'm just under a fucking tarp, just stuck inside, thanks to Doug Ford and this pandemic, not making podcasts, not making music, not working at an office, not meeting it. Like literally how do you fucking like, I want to meet my wife on Tinder. Also it, it, it bugs me that, that like this idea of your soulmate is just it's supposed to be within like a 10 kilometer radius of you and in in even even if you if you take like tinder and that stuff out of the equation and you're you're talking about like okay you got university or traveling i mean just the idea that that the the the, the person for you is just happens to like be close to you as well and like also the idea that people like they they most people die within like 10 miles of where they were born or like there's these these stats that shit like that shit gets in my head i'm just i mean i grew up i grew up less than five miles from where i'm sitting right now other than going down to London for university, like I'm, I'm within ten miles, and I don't know. This is the shit that that goes through my mind. But yeah, anyway, being an artist uh, is one of the biggest challenges I'd say besides besides finding finding love. I'd say they're actually kind of like a similar pursuit. They're like unguided. It's no real pathway. It's more of an art than a science. It's, it's, there's tons of self-doubt involved. And I'd say like the work to find love would be probably working on yourself and meeting people. And then for music, it's pretty much working on music and meeting people or, or networking or getting, getting, getting yourself out there but yeah I, I've I kind of get destructive when I work on the arts like when I work on music um, kind of like the same destructiveness that I said in a few podcasts back when I was getting this part-time job because I really feel like a failure sometimes when I don't just um ramp up my my entrepreneurial activities to to make my income because that's I know that's what I want so when I get a job I always feel like um a personal failure not like a life failure because jobs are tight like some of my buddies have fucking unreal jobs and um yeah it's almost like a curse that that I the experiences that like led me here I I I worked for myself a few times and I just got the, I got the, uh, the itch, the bug. Like I just really fucking enjoyed it. And, um, whereas like I know buddies that just couldn't fucking be bothered to be their own boss. It's a nightmare. Um, yeah, with, with music, 
the the lack of a pathway and the lack of and the sheer amount of people that are good and putting music out there and the fact that you know it's like becoming a successful musician is like becoming an executive at a company in terms of likelihood. Only you only see the top. You only see the people that are, you know, like managerial AVP, AVP, VP. And then like the, the big stars are in the C-suite. If, if like music was as a career was a, a big corporation and, it's really tough because the majority and the mass of the workforce are, you know, directors, managers, or kind of like that, that tier. And, uh, and I don't really know what that kind of like, I don't see the, at least like that tier in a company is making money, but, and usually enough to fucking have a decent life too. But the, uh, that tier in music is, zero money <laughs> and some exposure I guess like a little bit of recognition and and maybe I don't know I don't even know but you really only start getting paid above a certain level and that that really fucking bugs me too so um, I hear I hear a lot of people talk about you know not having a plan B and just diving head first and um, just giving everything up to, to try a hundred percent to be, you know, a musician. I just don't think I can do that. Like, I, that is just such a, that is just such a, I, I, I maybe I'm just not a gambler, but it's, it feels like a gamble. And I know all these motivational people say bet on yourself and, and all that, but I, I am betting on myself, but I'm betting on myself to be able to also earn money and do music. And I know people do that shit out there. I see people that do earnings and creativity pretty well and separate. And there's some people that do, you know, they, they find a way to turn their creativity into earnings really quickly. Yeah, like they're a photo- photographer that goes like immediately into like, oh, I'll pay pe- people got to pay me to do this and I'm doing photo shoots for people and stuff like that. And, you know, I guess it, it would be tight to, it would be tight to create music for money. I guess like people pay for commercials and stuff. But at the end of the day, I, I truly actually don't like creating for that, for that stuff. And I don't, what I like is creating my music. That's what I like. That's what I want to do. If I was a photographer, I would probably like do what my buddy Alex um, Alex Mitchell does and no one pays him. He goes out and he takes pictures of what he likes and he puts it out there and what he enjoys and that's what he enjoys. And... Um, you know, it doesn't mean doesn't mean there there wouldn't be a time and a place where there's a something I'd like to specifically make music for. Um, but I, I don't know. I just it it's not for me. The art isn't 
someone coming along and paying me to write like jingles or uh, I would do background music for, for commercials and videos, but um, I mean, I would, that would just be me writing songs that I like that also just happen to fit for, for a movie. Uh, otherwise, like maybe, maybe it's like selling, I could write songs and sell it. It's still like me writing songs I want to hear. I know that's a career, but, but for the most part, like, I, I legitimately want to be more the entertainer than the writer. I want to be, I want to have recognition for my songs and my writing. And I want the songs to be popular enough that it, it unlocks the ability for me to be the, the entertainer. So when I look at it that way, it's like, I would rather not just be a fleeting musician as like, it, you know, if I, um, if I don't, if the, if the music dreams don't pan out, which I think they will, um, I really am confident else I wouldn't be doing it. If the music dreams don't pan out, then, um, I, I don't think I'd want to just be kind of like the equivalent of middle management in music. I'd rather, um, I'd rather be middle management in fucking middle management, like in, in, or, or have a, a small business that where I could be my own boss and uh, generate kind of like life freedom that way. So when I, when I kind of like look at things like that, I, I see a life where potentially I make money and I use that money to create. And that seems like a more sustainable way to, ensure that I'm doing what I want to do regardless of if I get signed or if a label or a manager picks me up. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a cycle because I get really destructive around these studio dates. And when we put music out, because it feels like you only have this cause, cause it's so expensive. It's like 500 bucks a day. And then all the after work, like you got to go back in for a session to mix and, master and it, it you know comes up to about a thousand bucks a song um not including promotion or videos or anything and i get really stressed because you know we've only written 10 songs and then we choose two to go forward and are they the best two and are they going to sound as good as you know i get all this fucking destructiveness around this anxiety and i just have a bad week where i disassociate and don't eat well and just like don't sleep well and um yeah it's kind of cool art is kind of cool in that way it just it's just so different uh but uh luckily the songs the song sounded sick and I, I i truly think these songs they like they sound they sound to me and i've always had a what i thought was like a good year of of picking like songs that are dope. They sound to me like they're on the level of the songs I hear on the radio for sure. Some of the songs you hear on the radio are only on there because the band themselves is popular, not because the song itself is exceptional. And um, I, don't, I don't know if my songs are exceptional yet, but I think they're definitely better than a lot of the songs I, I just hear on passing plays on, on the, on the radio stations I like. And, uh, it's exciting. Um, I, 
I kind of refined my my plan in life, but around that like little thing that I just said where I'm going to um kind of have have like just a, the two pronged approach and the two pronged approach is going to be make a lot of music make you know the content around music and then pick the best songs that we've written and put it out and just reach out to people and be a squeaky wheel and and apply for grants and stuff like that and i think that will work the fact that we, when we write 10 songs we have like honestly 10 really good songs and and if we were to write if we were to record maybe like six to eight of them i'd feel really confident about it and we'll probably just go back and write 50 fucking songs this year and, and record the best 10 and that'll make me feel even better and pick the best 10 and that that way we can be you know super confident that at the very least we're kind of putting our best foot forward and we're getting better with each song um, but it's not to say that the, that the 10 songs aren't already fantastic. It's just that if we were to just record those 10 songs, you know, we're not really, we're not just, we're not giving ourselves the best opportunity to, to really show, you know, our skills and stuff. But the, the most artists, and I feel like most artists learn by playing other people's music and practicing other people's stuff. And then they go to write and it's like this really kind of, hard process for them um and that's why you know a lot of people say oh just write 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 and that's you just got to write a hundred songs write a song a day and just create and create and create um or there's just like there's i see a lot of artists that do those kind of type of like write everyday challenges and they just put it out on tiktok or whatever um to put a piece of them out there and, and i don't know if I might again. I might be wrong, but I don't know if I'm just kind of different about how I write, or if my if my skill set is kind of. I think my skill set is more writing than than playing or singing. Like, uh, like if if I were to if I were to look at the value I think I bring to music, it's my production and writing skills. Like I'm able to see music in a certain way and feel it in a certain way and it helps me and and I'm uh, helps me create it and stuff like that and I it's because I I never learned other people's music really um growing up I would you, you know most guitarists have like this whole repertoire of covers and only really recently I've got to get that repertoire because I've been p- playing um, cover shows with the band and I love playing other people's music but, but when when I was playing music growing up it would be learn one or two songs and then those one or two songs would give me some new skills but then I would coast off those skills writing my own music off it for as long as I could and only when I got bored of making my own music I would then learn another song or two that I really liked. And then they would usually have some new chords or some new way of playing in it. And then I would immediately switch back to fucking making my own stuff. So yeah, I was talking to Rob the other day about how, yes, we really should be writing more, but I also don't think we should be down on ourselves that we've, you know, for the most part we've recorded and released. Um, I'd say maybe 
60, 50, 60 percent of the music we've written. Um, maybe maybe around 40, 50, because you know there's a lot of loops and stuff that we write that we don't consider maybe maybe worthwhile finishing, and and that that could also factor into the equation when when they say write a lot is that we do write a lot. Like I have voice memos just all the time of ideas. We we record little videos of tons of ideas we have, but I think um, I, I guess I'm really factoring that into the the equation because I filter through those, and then I can hear which ones I want to make into a song, and then it looks. But then when I look back at our repertoire, I only see ten finished songs, and I'm like, wow, these are all really good, and I really like all these, and I probably would record all these, but I guess I'm forgetting the stage where. I filtered all the ideas out in the loops and the melodies, um, or we usually sometimes even combine our favorite like ideas into it. So maybe maybe that's what people mean by write a lot. And uh, but yeah, to, what I was to stay on track is what I was telling Robbie the other day is I don't think we should feel like bad or anything about the fact that we you know release and we like the songs we finish enough to record. And I would honestly, if, if we had gotten that grant that we got so close to getting, we would have turned those 10 songs into an LP and I would have been fucking pumped because I, I love all those. Uh, I think they're all great. Um, but, you know, the the rejection gives us an opportunity to write 50 and then when we get this grant next year, um, pick, you know, 10, 10 of those 50 and, and make a... I, I honestly wouldn't make an album either because nobody listens to albums of small up and coming artists. I would I would make ten singles and um, market them each individually, and it's just that that gives you basically a, almost a year's worth of content. You know, when it comes to like the pictures and the videos and the album art, and and each song is like a, a little lottery ticket that 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 may, you know, you might scratch it and then the lottery ticket goes, Hey, a manager now sees you and wants to work with you. Or, Hey, you know, this playlist picked you up and now it's got a million plays or, Hey, like there's just like this little thrill of releasing art that I love, but I also hate because, um, it's, it honestly feels like playing the lottery and, uh, it's cause, cause it's not that we're not good enough. It's that there's a lot of people that are good enough. And we're banking on the fact that not only are we good enough, but we're um, we're also going to find a way to get our music out there. So that's a bit of the challenge. But I, I, when I was at the studio, I was talking with a music manager there. He owns a studio, and while Robbie was recording one of his guitar parts, I I just did a little discomfort moment, and I just saw him, and I was like, "Hey, like I'm a I'm a lost." A loss artist and I didn't say those words but I, I just was like hey like I need I need some help and um, he, he chatted with me for a bit and what he told me was a little comforting and a little scary but he said that music managers also don't know what to do he says they're just he said they're just like I've brought this back to love and women but um, he said they just are they're good at picking choosing winners that have already one at something uh, they they have a t- they have a, they have no idea how to take you know someone that is they've no they have no better idea than maybe you do of 
of how to take you and bring you to a level where, you know, you can, you can succeed at it. He said, but you know, there, there's a lot of capable managers that, that like you kind of said, I think I can figure it out and picked a, a band that they believed in and, you know, figured it out with them or for them. But he's like, it's, it's really no different than, than what you're going through right now. Like just being as just writing music, recording the best stuff, making content, networking, and just asking everybody, um, and uh, for help and, and asking for everything you want and, and hoping someone, um, can see the vision. And he's like, when, he's like, when, when you go to a manager and you go, I got great music and they go, let me hear your music. You want to be able to say like, I got 50, like, what 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 are you in the mood for? You know, like you want to show them that you are just a machine, um, and and if if that doesn't work, then you got to again the content and the the getting out there. You got to find a way to just break through in the slightest way, where you can show the people, like I say about showing a partner, a future partner, the path. They just have to see. They just have to catch a glimpse of the path that you are, you know, you don't have to be successful or whatever, but that you are probably going to get there. That that you you do the the right things. The music you're making is is you know liked and accepted, and also that you have a stream, of, uh, an endless kind of supply of it, and that you're passionate. But then you can also pay your bills and. Yeah, so I talked to him about it and it was kind of reassuring when he's like he's like these managers don't fucking know either. He's like unfortunately you got to you got to um just do what I just said and, and then he he told me he's like why don't you find the manager of your favorite band and you know start there and start reaching out to them and fortunately enough we've already done that. Because fortunately enough the manager of our favorite band is uh, a friend of mine's brother. And, um, so in terms of, in terms of general outlook, that's this, these are part of the reasons why I think we can make it. I know two, um, I know two successful music managers pretty well. Um, one well enough that I could, I'm like texting, uh, because it's through my sister's friend group and one that's my, my friend's brother that he'll answer my DMs and he said he listened, he'll listen to our music and pay attention to it. Um, I got friends that are successful for themselves that just happen to be in kind of like artists or celebrity like related fields that have some connections um, and stuff like that. But also the fact that we got such a high rating on this grant that I'm going to be honest, we did not put our best foot forward for because it was in quarantine when we were struggling so hard with uh, with our success, just personally on the day-to-day on writing and whatever, the music we put forward for that grant was pretty rudimentary, like in our songwriting. It, it, there were songs that we... The idea for this grant is I thought you had to submit, and they said you had to submit songs that that you needed money to finish, not songs that you've already have the money to like, I don't know, but it's, um, so the songs that we want to record of this like pack of 10, we didn't want to submit 
those because we're like, well, we want to record um, these two songs in studio, but then the studio got they got canceled anyway and pushed all the way back twice until after we got this application back, but we didn't know that was coming. Uh, yeah, so they the idea was that you, you submit the music you want to get funding for um you don't then you don't go out and like make that music while you're waiting to hear back from the grant so we submitted songs that were they were cool and they were artsy and i like them but i didn't think they were they didn't really make sense in terms of like the image we're trying to put forward and and they didn't really match our marketing plan and our our everything, our marketing plan, you know, saying what type of band we're like, what type of radio and plays and kind of where we li- where we lie, which is funny I say that because one of the songs is called Where We Lie. And then we submit like Where We Lie was, it's a dark, moody kind of like ballad that is is has no chorus and it's like this, guitar part that Robbie sent me with a lot of like reversed reverbs and and interesting things and I I wrote a little like ballad over it as if I was a soldier um so it's like it doesn't really make sense because I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that I can't identify with being a soldier or whatever but it just like it was just talking about like death and like I don't know all this stuff and it was cool it's a cool song I really like it and when we play for people they they enjoy it but then if we submitted another song that was like maybe more cohesive it would have been okay but the other song I submitted was basically an elect like it had like an 808 bass like a really like electronic bass and it's, it, I wrote it um it's got like a samples in it and it was called Indigo Child and it's got like this sample from like a 1950s safari talking about a, a panther and or a jaguar, I forget. And like it's got like a growl in it like on the breakout. It's it's like, it's just so not the music we're making. Like we're making, the music we're making right now is like with the band kind of 90s vibe emo sound but mixed with modern uh, not sadness and not tackiness. It's kind of like stadium, stadium indie. Um, like when I say stadium rock, you know, like talking like Catfish and the Bottlemen, kind of like it just sounds like it, it's full band and, and should be played at a venue. And uh, so, like, it just it wasn't cohesive. And like, that's what the grant said back to us high ratings. They rated the music highly. They're like, talent and whatever blah 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 rated highly our marketing plan they rated highly rated everything highly but their the music they they said we it was scattered and in it was i forget the exact words but they just they said they it was exactly what is jumbled and kind of like they didn't get the vision um so going into the next grant and and talking to we talked to a judge uh, about it and he's like no he's like you submit your best two songs next time he's like do not worry about the whole like technicality of do you need the do you need the money to finish those specifically or if it's more about finishing the, the next 10 because he's like you go these two 
are like if you give us money we we make the these two times 10 and we have we have or 12 or 20 or however many like you want to make on an album you like you say that we got we got a bunch of these and these are just a good the best example and um i don't know so you kind of said to like do it that way so i think we could get this grant and um at least in the meantime just basically take every dollar i have into putting out music so that i can send it to this music managers and just be a squeaky wheel and just reach out reach out reach out put out tiktoks put out tiktoks just begging the fucking internet like just begging the internet to 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 get exposure and like you kind of have to be a bit of a whore like you kind of have to to slot yourself out and just just be like please um and you don't maybe you don't have to say it like please exactly like that but you got to be like listen like listen <laughs> please listen to us please listen to us because you're really just asking for attention which is hilarious because it's free it's free to give and um but there's just so many people asking for it every single person on tiktok and that's maybe a billion people i don't know is going look at me look at me look at me i want to be looked at and you know i'm sure a lot of people agree that it's different looking at people for a, a seven second TikTok versus looking at them for a song that takes a year and a thousand bucks to make. I think everyone is fine with that, but also it takes more attention to look at a an artist and their songs and or a podcast, even for that matter, um, than a TikTok. So it's like it's like it's it's all relative, but that's what you got to do, and uh, you just got to hope uh, that you hope that breaks through and. Uh yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. And this the songs the songs in the studio, making music in the studio is fun. I'll tell you that. I uh I definitely can see the enjoyment and the love for this career that would come if I wasn't paying for that studio or or if I had the money where paying for that studio wasn't such a stress where you know, we didn't finish one. We didn't finish a song. We only got halfway through one of the songs, and we have to go back to the studio and tack on another five hundred dollar day. And that was like a fucking arrow to the heart for me right now. I'm so, um, I'm just so on the line of like having enough money. Um, but uh, if 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 that stress wasn't there, I would be like sick. I get to go back in the studio and like do this stuff and I love the idea of having fresh music to put out and just I can't wait to do the music video idea we have for it that's all the stuff I I love and uh, as much as I don't love begging and being a squeaky wheel and doing all this other content and all that shit I just it's gonna be worth it Uh, it's gonna be worth it and yeah that's that's kind of like where a little update on the on the music scene, so two two new songs, uh, almost ready. Probably release them one in the spring, just when a little tickle of good weather is out there, um, and one early summer. But by the time we release them, we should be getting back in the studio. The studio is booked for almost sixty days from now to sixty days in the future. Um, 
at least the studio we like and the guy we, we like, and we will probably st- still use them because we work so well together. And that'll give us some time to save up another chunk of another few grand and hop back in there. So as we're releasing music, we'll already be recording. Then we'll kind of keep the perpetual cycle of always having content, always having music. And that'll really help me when I'm reaching out to these managers and reaching out to industry people or influencers or like just anyone that can, um, that we can collaborate with or can, can help us get exposure. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of plan. And, uh, on the other half of my plan is just to make actual money, not from music because music, there's no live shows. There's no money coming in. It's a money suck. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be a starving artist. I just don't. So why don't I just be a f- one of those people that um, spends a considerable chunk of change, uh, or sorry, a considerable chunk of chunk of time making money in a flexible way that I can then turn around and make music, and um, that's how my days that's how my days kind of look right now. So I do pretty much half the day is spent doing administrative existing work, whether it's like editing photos for the real estate business, doing finance work for my finance business or finance part-time job, or doing um, any of the, the uh, upkeep for my uh, my jewelry business and jewelry partnership. I like to do that stuff you know, in the morning, work for about four or five hours on it, and usually that's, if you do four or five hours a day, that's usually takes care of that. And then the uh, second half of my day, um, I like to spend a few hours doing sales. And I don't, when I say like to, I mean, I fucking hate it. But uh, it's, you know, part of my like path to success is, you know, I'll do a couple hours where it's sales and what I call kind of like research because I want to move away from what I'm selling. What I'm selling is photography services right now for real estate agents and homes. But I want to I want to move into the most flexible earnings, which is passive income. Like for me, it goes employment, entrepreneurial, and then I guess passive is technically entrepreneurial, but like entrepreneurial, I more mean like you're providing a product or a service. And then there's like passive income, which is you're managing assets or you're setting up a business that um, is uh, earns on its own. And and examples of passive earnings are investments like stocks uh, or cryptocurrencies. But again, that's a a whole knowledge set that that I may not be interested in. But other things like assets like real estate or if you like own anything that you can generate an income from like is an income earning asset, like a car that you rent out or a Airbnb space or... Um, you own a vending machine or you own any anything that you can buy that, that pays a cash flow out. 
And I kind of want to look into that. So I, I have a couple hours where, you know, I might do one sales activity, whether it's a section, a group of cold calls or a group of emails. And I'll spend a little section of time um, kind of looking into how I can switch from uh, selling the the entrepreneurial like real estate photos to passive income because then I would love to be able to switch my days from in the morning instead of doing um, my investment or my uh, finance part-time job and the real estate photography job. I would love to just help my jewelry partner uh, grow our, our business and manage um, my passive earning strategy. You know, if it's, if it's fine, if it's stocks or cryptos, it'd be making some trades. Um, if it's real estate, it would be, you know, whether it's research or um, whatever the asset is, it'd be like, I would love to, like if it was, if it was real estate, it might just be like managing, um, like organizing your money to make sure bills are paid and then the tenants pay early. I don't know. I don't know what it, I'm just, I'm giving an example, but with my next kind of 12 months, that's where I have my sights set. And this podcast is my way of locking in some form of accountability. Um, I know there's not many listeners that, that, that hear this and go, uh, Okay, like I'm gonna, I'll hold you to it. You would, you would absolutely forgive me in a second if I don't. But the part, uh, there's a part of me that doesn't like being a phony and a fraud. So I, that's why I still put it out there. And um, there's a friend of mine uh, that listens, Alex Merkelami, who I said, I said I was gonna check in, kind of in nine months, and I told him this whole plan uh, around Christmas time last year, or like this past Christmas. So I don't I I just like that's where I'm at. I want to um spend basically the first kind of 6 hours of my day doing that or just I know some days I can't like today I'm going to the office. Right after this podcast I'm spending I have a 8-9 hour day where I got to go into this part-time job but you know whether I, that means I then spend 8-9 hours tomorrow doing something different. I can slide things around. I'm I'm flexible. I want to spend, you know, like the the first kind of six hours doing that, and then I want to spend the next three four hours, um, working on music. And I know eventually it would be nice if this passive income idea pans out. I will be able to flip that to working for four hours and music for, um, you know, five six. And then, you know, it's just a typical kind of like 10-ish hour workday, which is, it sounds like a lot, but it's not when you're, when you're doing kind of, it's not a lot when you're doing music for six hours. Like music is fun. Um, and, and especially when you're working from home and you're flexible, that's in that 10 hours is, you know, nice, enjoyable lunch. I got time in the morning to exercise and, you know, it's it's not it's not that crazy and anyway so that's that's my kind of plan and uh it's a little bit of a it was a slight rework of the routine that i i've put forward before uh it didn't the routine before didn't include 
specific times for sales and for kind of this like new venture exploration. It was just work chunk, music chunk. And I was like, I'll fill in the blanks, but I've had to, I've had to go in and fill in the blanks of what I'm doing in each chunk or else I will just not do sales. If it's not baked into the routine where I have to do it, I will just not do it. And, um, music is a little bit better because I will, um, I will do music, but I have to like bake in like the reaching out and the TikToks or the content or else I won't do that stuff. And so it's just about, uh, I've just put kind of like more like hard things into the routine, like make a piece of content a day during this period and then write for a chunk of the period and maybe reach out to somebody like every day. If I just did that shit every day, I don't see how good wouldn't come of it. And it's terrifying. And the trying to implement this aggressive of a routine on top of the the anxiety I was feeling and the stress I was feeling from recording music makes you really not want to get up in the morning and really be destructive. Um, And I had a hard week this last week, just trying to deal with both fronts, knowing what I need to do every day and how, how much I don't want to do that because I'm, I'm such a comfort whore and like junkie. I just love being comfortable and not like having any issues and just being such a couch potato because I've been doing it for the last year, basically thanks to COVID. Um, but, uh, now that the studio is out of the way and you see the results, I have that big kind of chunk taken off my shoulders and I get to return to focusing on this routine. Um, and who knows, I may just have to implode every couple months when I'm, I just get destructive and I just have that week where I just, you know, do whatever, but that could be part of it. I, I, uh, that's where I'm at. And I also set up the video game stream. That's something I said I was going to do and I, I did it and I've been, um, playing every time now I play video games, I'm pretty much streaming. It's John Famos live and it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting experience. There is a lot of artists on Twitch, which is this, the, the service I use to live stream that um, I see them playing live for people like in this fake, aud- or not fake audience, in this like virtual audience. And they have sixteen to 20,000 people watching them. And they're just playing guitar and singing over a backing track. <clears throat> and I thought about it, and that's the, that's the Scotia Bank Arena. 16,000, 20,000 people. They're basically playing the fucking ACC in their bedroom. And that was insane. And what was more insane is that person, I was watching a singular person, so I'm assuming there's a lot of people that do this. When they were done playing their music, they fired up the video game and they started playing Warzone on the same stream. They didn't pause it. They didn't switch audiences. The audience loved watching them make music and loved watching them play video games. And I I literally almost shit. I almost shit in my pants. Because I was like, people do everything I think you're not supposed to do. There's someone doing it successfully, which means why don't I just do what the fuck I want to do and try to be successful at it? Anyway, ah, there's no right and wrong way. There's someone doing 
exactly how you want to live successfully. So anyway, yeah, that's where I'm at. Little catch up. Tried to keep it. Um, tried to keep it current and not too ref- reflective and introspective. But I can't help myself. Um, but the last few podcasts, I had a guest. I made some content. Uh, so you know, I said every once in a while I, I like to do these. But you know, I as long as it's not every podcast, uh, but a little catch up and keep your uh, ears peeled. I'll I'll be kind of updating on the songs through here and then also through my Instagram. And um, yeah, I appreciate everyone that's still, you know, that's still kind of, although the podcast has, has taken a shift in the pandemic to be more me um, and less guests, I really appreciate uh, the people that still listen. And I promise I will keep it going and I promise I will um, get get guests and stuff back on no matter what it takes because I, I also really enjoy that. So stick with me and I, thank you for your attention. Uh, rock and roll. See you later. Got heart the size.